Good morning and welcome to our sermon for this Sunday, July 12. Over the next three weeks, we're going to have a short worship series called Spiritual Focus. And it's based on Romans chapter 8. The book of Romans is a, a book that's worth reading through. It can be challenging at times, particularly of the language that Paul uses. But I encourage you to engage with it because it holds some very deep spiritual truths for us as Christians. And today's chapter, chapter 8 verses 1 to 11, brings us to a point where we see that having a spiritual focus means that we'll, we will see life and peace, even when there's difficulties and challenges. Romans 8 verse 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us. Lord, open up our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our understandings of life to your way of thinking, to how you see life. May the desires we have actually come from you and not just from ourself. Lord, we thank you for the blessing and the grace you have given us. And we thank you for this time of worship where you again speak to us to reorientate our thinking, to reorientate our focus, so that instead of having a short-term focus, we can have a broader, long-term focus with you. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Romans chapter 8 has been described as the greatest chapter in the entire Bible by numerous scholars. A number of scholars said when you look at Romans 8, it holds some very key truths for us as Christians that help us see what our true relationship with God is like and what it's about. Martin Luther in his commentary on Romans, when he was speaking about Romans chapter 8, said the following, The Holy Spirit assures us that we are God's children, no matter how furiously sin may rage within us. So long as we follow the Spirit and struggle against sin in order to kill it. You see, we live in a world where we have two focuses, really, if we're a Christian. We have a focus, what's often referred to as the flesh, and we have a focus of what's referred to as the spiritual focus. What's challenging for us is that we live with both of those focuses. But sometimes our fleshly focus can over take or dominate our lives. And so today we're going to look at what does it mean for us to live with a spiritual focus where life and peace become the main thing. When we look at our two focuses, the flesh and the spiritual, depending on where what we focus on is how we'll make sense of life and how we'll see life and also how we see our relationship with God. The flesh focus focuses on fleshly desires, you know, the, those things that we, those immediate desires, um, on a really basic level, you know, those things that we go, yep, I want that. And if we're undisciplined, we just grab for something or we take hold of that. The flesh also weakens the law. In Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 11, it talks about it weakening the law. And what it means by that is that it tries to avoid the law, tries to weaken the effect on the law, or how effective the law can be. Our fleshly desire will always lead to death. 
You see, our fleshly desire focuses on ourselves, focuses on what we have to do, and it also therefore focuses on us leading to sin because we ignore God, we're hostile to God at times. And our fleshly focus is not willing to submit to God's law and it's unable to please God. And our fleshly focus, if you want to put it in in summary, is really about us, just me, you, wanting your own desires and doing what you want to do without much thought of other people and without much thought of God. Yes, you may do some good things with as a result of your fleshly desire, but they're always with an underlying motivation to get something for yourself. And yet a spiritual focus, which Paul is encouraging us to see, does the following. It focuses not on our desires, but it focuses on God's desires. And importantly, and we're going to pick this up a bit later, it comes through our relationship with Jesus Our spiritual focus doesn't come because we've worked hard or we've read the Bible and memorized everything in the Bible. It doesn't come for how good a person we are. It comes predominantly through our relationship with Jesus, through us having a trusting relationship with Jesus. And our spiritual focus will therefore set us free from the law of sin and death. Sin and death don't have the final answer in your story if we have a spiritual focus. Because the spiritual focus doesn't rely on you doing something or me doing something. It relies on Jesus to meet the requirements of the law, to fulfill the law. And therefore the spiritual focus gives you a mind of life and peace. You can live a life of knowing that you've got life, that you can have peace with God, not because you have to worry about have I done enough or you've achieved certain things, but because Jesus has achieved what needs to be done through his death on the cross and the resurrection. And so the spiritual life doesn't end with death, but it reminds us that it gives life after death. And that's what Romans 8, 1 to 11, in summary, is encouraging us to see. That there is these two focuses in life. We have a fleshly focus, and all of us have it. Where we think of ourselves and what we want, and how we approach life. And we have a spiritual focus. Now Paul, writing to another context, the church in Galatia, also picks this theme up. And he says the following. In chapter 5, verse 19, 21, he says the acts of the flesh are obvious. So in other words, he's saying, he he takes this theme a bit further and says, you can see what the flesh looks like. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I invite you to take a few moments to reflect on this passage. And don't think those people over there are doing those things, but think about your own life. Think about your own life where 
you may have fits of rage or selfish ambition or you may cause dissension such as through gossiping or trying to be divisive in, your, in, in the, the way you talk. I encourage you just to reflect on that passage and you'll see where at times you are living according to the flesh because you're focused on yourself and not on what God desires and not on for caring for others. But then Paul goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And when you're living that way, it's a sign that the Spirit has been at work in you. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And that's in verses 22 to 26 from Galatians chapter 5. So as we think about the fleshly and the spiritual life, there's an underlying element which will lead to some physical actions or fruits. But importantly, the difference between a, a fleshly focus and a spiritual focus is whether Jesus has been part of that focus, whether Jesus has been focusing you and refocusing you in life. So two questions I have for you to to ponder and think about, not just now, but constantly. And the first one is one that I kind of ask myself regularly. And it's this, how am I living? Am I living in the flesh or in the spirit? There have been times in my life when I've reflected on this and I thought, oh, I've been living in the flesh. Like the times when I've got angry in the car at somebody. Or the time when I've talked about somebody and been divisive. And I've recognised that that hasn't been me focused on Jesus or allowing Jesus to shape me, but it's actually been resisting God's call. But there's also times where love and forbearance and going out of my way has been part of my life. And I don't try to pat myself on the back for those things, but at those moments I recognise and thank God that he's been at work in me and for me. So in other words, think about your life. Think about where is your focus? Is it on your desires, on what you want, or is it on God's desires? The second question to think about and contemplate about is how does living in the spirit affect the way I approach life and how I see God? How does living in the spirit affect the way I approach life and how I see God? Do I see God as somebody who's going to cut me off? Well, that's not really living in the spirit. One of the pictures that I love, and it's a picture that we'll see in a few moments, and it's a picture that I love sharing with others, is that my relationship with Jesus is not about Jesus pointing the finger and telling me to do a heap of stuff, predominantly. It's not about Jesus dictating to me or being this judge that may turn me away. But the picture that I have of Jesus is about Jesus putting his arm around me and walking with me throughout life and talking to me and listening to me. Remember this, 
The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And Jesus is calling us to have a life and to have peace. Now he's not, as we've heard a few weeks ago, he doesn't necessarily mean that everything in our life is going to be peaceful. But what a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus does lead to is a life of peace, even amongst the turmoil, even amongst the mess. You see, a mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace because it relies on our constant relationship with Jesus. In other words, for us to have a spiritual focus, for us to have a life of, that is, realizes that we have life and peace, our relationship with Jesus is essential. We must have that ongoing. And, it, and it's best when that's regular and constant. You know, I, I regularly have a phone call to my mother. She doesn't live in Sydney, but I regularly call her. And that's because I want to keep that relationship going. And I've got some friends which occasionally I call, and I notice when I call them more often, the relationship is stronger and we influence each other even more. And so there's three very practical ways, which we've mentioned before, and I mentioned even last week, but I mentioned again to help us have this constant relationship with Jesus. And the three are regular prayer, daily prayer, frequent worship, and that's why weekly worship is important, whether it be online or in person, and constant Bible study and devotion. And can I encourage you, if you're not using our daily Bible readings, to go to our webpage and to download our daily Bible readings for the month so that you have an opportunity to engage with God, engage with Jesus every day, to allow Jesus to affect you, to give you a spiritual focus. And the question not to ask first up is, what do I have to do when you do your daily Bible reading, when you pray? when you worship, but rather the question to ask is this, what is God saying to me about himself and his relationship with me? As you pray, as you worship, as you read the Bible, as you live life and think about what the scriptures say, the first question to ask, because we want to have a spiritual mind, we want to have a spiritual insight to life, is to ask that question, what is God saying to me about himself and about his relationship with me? And that's important in today's reading because in today's reading, the first thing it says is there'll be no condemnation for anyone who is in Christ Jesus. In other words, if I have a relationship with Jesus, I'm not going to be condemned. Think about what that says about God and his relationship with you. He doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to love you. He wants to make sure that you have a future with him. And when we have this relationship with Jesus, it will lead to some things. It will lead to us living knowing we are not condemned. It will lead to us submitting to God and seeing value in God's law. Remember, the flesh likes to push away or be hostile to God's law or even question God's law but the spirit will see value in it Jesus himself saw value in God's law 
He didn't see it as an oppressive thing, but he saw it predominantly as a way for God's love to be shown in the world, to be shown in the community. If you remember his interaction with a couple of Pharisees or subscribers of scribes of the law who were so determined to trick him up and to, to work out different things, and they asked this question, what's the most important commandment? And his response was simply this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And love your neighbour, in other words, anyone you stumble across in life, as much as you love yourself. This is the first important greatest commandment, and the second is next. And then he goes up on to say that all the law and prophets are summed up in these two. And you may think at times that God's law... God's laws don't feel appropriate. When you do, take some time to think about is how do they show love to others? How do they help others know they loved? How do they encourage love in the community? Because that's having a spiritual focus. The third thing that our relationship with Jesus leads to in us having a spiritual focus is this. We'll have, we'll have an earthly death, but that is not the end. We'll see our earthly death is not the end. Often at funerals, I often refer to the death, the funeral is simply a stepping stone into life eternal with God. Because when we have a spiritual focus, we recognize that our death on this earth is not the end of our story. But we have a future with God, a future that Jesus has made possible. And that's something to look forward to. And lastly, having a relationship with Jesus that leads to a spiritual focus leads us to living that brings Jesus' life and peace into the world. You see, our relationship with Jesus is not just about us getting to heaven. That's how many Christians leave it and interpret it. But as disciples of Jesus, if you look at the teachings of the New Testament, our relationship with Jesus is one that affects us so much that leads us to helping others see that there is hope, there is life. And isn't that a message that people need to hear today? Isn't that a message that the people in our life need to hear that there is hope despite what's happening? That what's happening in the world at the moment is not necessarily the last part of the story, that God does have a future, that God is with us through these difficulties. And even when these difficulties uh, have a huge negative impact on people, let us remember that God is at work. God is helping and caring for people. God is providing services. God has given us a government to help us. So let's thank God that he is still at work. And where we see an opportunity to help others see that there's life and hope, Let us do the same. Let us rely on our relationship with Jesus to help us to help others. And so I'd like to leave you with this thought. Because I am in a relationship with Jesus, my focus is greater than what I immediately see or feel. True life is not what I see, but what God sees. You see, God sees the bigger picture. God understands the bigger picture. I know the troubles of this world won't be the final chapter in my story and they don't need to be the final chapter in anyone else's story. I have hope. 
I have a life that, can't, that death can't stop. And so I have peace, knowing that I love by God and God has a place for me. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the wonderful gift that you have given us of hope, that you have given us of life and you have given us of peace. Lord, help us every day to have a spiritual focus, to see ways that you're at work, to see ways where we can bring your grace, your love, your hope, even amongst the difficult things of life. Heavenly Father, we pray for anyone who is going through difficulties at the moment, anyone who is focused just on themselves. Lord, may you interact in their lives. May you help them to see that there is a future, a future that goes beyond themselves, a future that gives them true life and true peace. And loving Father, we thank you for Jesus and we thank you that he wants to be with us constantly. May we do the same. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.